Book Twelve of Jerusalem Delivered by Toquato Tasso. Translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The Argument. Clorinda hears her eunuch old report her birth, her offspring, and her native land. Disguised, she fireth Godfrey's rolling fort. The burned peace falls smoking on the sand. With Tancred long unknown in desperate sort she fights, And falls through pierced with his brand. Christened she dies. With sighs, with plaints and tears he wails her death. Argant revengement swears. Now in dark night was all the world embarred, But yet the tired armies took no rest. The careful French kept heedful watch and ward, While their high tower the workmen newly dressed. The pagan crew to reinforce prepared The weakened bulwarks late to earth downcast. Their rampires broke and bruised walls to mend. Lastly their hurts the wounded knights attend. Their wounds were dressed. Part of the work was brought to wish it end, Part left to other days. A dull desire to rest deep midnight wrought, his heavy rod sleep on their eyelids lays. Yet rested not Clorinda's working thought, Which thirsted still for fame and warlike praise. Argantes eke accompanied the maid From place to place, who to herself thus said, This day Argantes strong and Solomon Strange things have done and purchased great renown. Among our foes out of the walls they ran, Their rams they broke and rent their engines down. I used my bow, of naught else boast I can. Myself stood safe meanwhile within this town, And happy was my shot and prosperous too, But that was all a woman's hand could do. On birds and beasts in forests wild that feed it were more fit mine arrows to bestow than for a feeble maid in warlike deed with strong and hardy knights herself to show. Why take I not again my virgin weed and spend my days in secret cell unknown? Thus thought, thus mused, thus devised the maid, and turning to the knight, at last thus said, my thoughts are full, my lord, of strange desire, Some high attempt of war to undertake, Whether high God my mind therewith inspire, Or of his will his God mankind doth make. Among our foes behold the light and fire, I will among them wend, and burn or break the tower. God grant therein I have my will, And that performed betide me good or ill. But if it fortune such my chance should be, That to this town I never turn again, My eunuch, whom I dearly love, with thee I leave, My faithful maids, and all my train, To Egypt then conducted safely see Those woeful damsels and that aged swain, Help them, my lord, in that distressed case, Their feeble sex, his age, deserveth grace. Argantes wondering stood, and felt the effect of true renown pierced through his glorious mind. And wilt thou go, quoth he, and me neglect, disgraced, despised, leave in this fort behind? Shall I, while these strong walls my life protect, behold thy flames and fires tossed in the wind? No, no, thy fellow have I been in arms, and will be still in praise, in death, in harms. This heart of mine death's bitter stroke despiseth, for praise this life, 
for glory take this breath. My soul the more, quoth she, thy friendship prizeth, For this thy proffered aid required uneath. I but a woman am, no loss ariseth To this besieged city by my death. But if, as God forbid, this night thou fall, Ah, who shall then, who can defend this wall? Too late, these excuses vain, the knight replied, you bring. My will is firm, my mind is set. I follow you where so you list me guide, or go before if you my purpose let. This said, they hasted to the palace wide, about their prince where all his lords were met. Clorinda spoke for both and said, Sir King, attend my words, hear and allow the thing. Argantes here, this bold and hardy knight, will undertake to burn the wondrous tower, and I with him, only we stay till night bury in sleep our foes at deadest hour. The king with that cast up his hands on height, the tears for joy upon his cheeks downpour. Praised, quoth he, be Macon whom we serve. This land I see he keeps and will preserve, nor shall so soon this shaken kingdom fall while such unconquered hearts my state defend. But for this act, what praise or guerdon shall I give your virtues which so far extend? Let fame your praises sound through nations all, and fill the world therewith to either end. Take half my wealth and kingdom for your meed. You are rewarded half, even with the deed. Thus spake the prince, and gently gan distrain now him, now her, between his friendly arms. The soldan by no longer could refrain that noble envy which his bosom warms. Nor I, quoth he, bear this broadsword in vain, Nor yet am unexpert in night alarms. Take me with you. Ah, quoth Clorinda, no. Whom leave we here of prowess if you go? This spoken, ready with a proud refuse Argantes was, his proffered aid to scorn, Whom Aladine prevents, and with excuse, To Solomon thus gan his speeches turn. Right, noble prince, as I hath been your use, Yourself so still you bear, and long have borne, Bold in all acts, no danger can affright your heart, Nor tired is your strength with fight. If you went forth, great things perform you would in my conceit, Yet far unfit it seems that you, who most excel in courage bold, At once should leave this town in these extremes, nor would I that these twain should leave this hold. My heart their noble lives far worthier deems. If this attempt of less importance were, Or weaker posts so great a weight could bear. But, for well guarded is the mighty tower, With hardy troops and squadrons round about, And cannot harmed be with little power, Nor fit the time to send whole armies out, This pair, who past have many a dreadful stour, And proffer now to prove this venture stout, Alone to this attempt let them go forth, Alone than thousands of more price and worth. Thou, as it best beseems a mighty king, With ready bands beside the gate attend, That when this couple have performed the thing, And shall again their footsteps homeward bend, From their strong foes upon them following, Thou mayst them keep, preserve, save, and defend. Thus said the king, the soldan must consent. Silent remained the Turk, and discontent. Then Ismin said, You twain that undertake this hard attempt, 
a while I pray you stay, Till I a wild fire of fine temper make, That this great engine burn to ashes may. Haply the guard that now doth watch and wake, Will then lie tumbled sleeping on the lay. Thus they conclude, and in their chambers sit To wait the time for this adventure fit. Clorinda there her silver arms off-rent, Her helm, her shield, her hauberk shining bright, An armor black as jet or coal she hent, Wherein withouten plume herself she dight, For thus disguised amid her foes She meant to pass unseen by help of friendly knight, To whom her eunuch old Arcetes came, That from her cradle nursed and kept the dame. This aged sire had followed far and near Through lands and seas the strong and hardy maid. He saw her leave her arms and wanted gear, Her danger nigh that sudden change foresaid. By his white locks, from black that changed were In following her, the woeful man her prayed. By all his service and his taken pain To leave that fond attempt, but prayed in vain. At last, quoth he, since... Hardened to thine ill, thy cruel heart is to thy loss prepared, that my weak age, nor tears that down distill, nor humble suit, nor plaint thou list regard, attend a while, strange things unfold I will. Here both thy birth and high estate declared, follow my counsel, or thy will, that done. She sat to hear, the eunuch thus begun, Senapus ruled, and yet perchance doth reign in mighty Ethiop and her deserts waste. The Lord of Christ, both he and all his train of people black, hath kept and long embraced. To him a pagan was I sold for gain, and with his queen as her chief eunuch placed. Black was this queen as jet. Yet on her eyes sweet loveliness in black attired lies. The fire of love and frost of jealousy Her husband's troubled soul alike torment. The tide of fond suspicion flowed high, The foe to love and plague to sweet content. He mewed her up from sight of mortal eye, Nor day he would his beams on her had bent. She, wise and lowly, by her husband's pleasure, Her joy, her peace, her will, her wish, did measure. Her prison was a chamber painted round With goodly portraits and with stories old. As white as snow there stood a virgin bound Beside a dragon fierce, a champion bold The monster did with poignant spear through wound. The gored beast lay dead upon the mould, The gentle queen before this image laid, she plained, she mourned, she wept, she sighed, she prayed. At last with child she proved, and forth she brought, And thou art she, a daughter fair and bright. In her thy color white new terror wrought, She wondered on thy face with strange affright, But yet she purposed in her fearful thought To hide thee from the king thy father's sight, Lest thy bright hue should his suspect approve, for seld a crow begets a silver dove. And to her spouse to show she was disposed a negro's babe, Late born, in room of thee, And for the tower wherein she lay enclosed Was with her damsel's only wand and me, To me, on whose true faith she most reposed, She gave thee, ere thou couldst christened be, 
nor could I since find means thee to baptize, in pagan lands thou know'st it was not the guise. To me she gave thee, and thee wept withal to foster thee in some far distant place. Who can her griefs and plaints to reckoning call, how oft she swooned at the last embrace? Her streaming tears amid her kisses fall, her sighs, her dire complaints did interlace. And looking up at last, O oh God, quoth she, who dost my heart and inward mourning see, if mind and body spotless to this day, if I have kept my bed still undefiled, not for myself a sinful wretch I pray that in thy presence am an object vile, preserve this babe, whose mother must deny to nourish it, preserve this harmless child, O oh, let it live, and chaste like me it make, but for good fortune elsewhere sample take. Thou heavenly soldier, which delivered hast that sacred virgin from the serpent old, if on thine altars I have offerings placed, and sacrificed myrrh, frankincense, and gold, on this poor child thy heavenly looks downcast, with gracious eye this silly babe behold. This said, her strength and living sprite was fled, she sighed, she groaned, she swooned in her bed. Weeping I took thee, in a little chest covered with herbs and leaves, I brought thee out so secretly that none of all the rest of such an act suspicion had or doubt. To wilderness my steps I first addressed, where horrid shades enclosed me round about. A tigress there I met, in whose fierce eyes fury and wrath, rage, death, and terror lies. Up to a tree I leapt, and on the grass, such was my sudden fear, I left thee lying. To thee the beast with furious course did pass, with curious looks upon thy visage prying. All suddenly both meek and mild she was, with friendly cheer thy tender body eyeing. At last she licked thee, and with gesture mild about thee played, and thou upon her smiled. Her fearful muzzle full of dreadful threat in thy weak hand thou took'st without and dread. The gentle beast with milk outstretched teat, as nurse's custom proffered thee to feed. As one that wondereth on some marvel great, I stood this while amazed at the deed. When thee she saw were filled and satisfied, unto the woods again the tigress hide. She gone, down from the tree I came in haste and took thee up, and on my journey wend. Within a little thorp I stayed at last, and to a nurse the charge of thee commend and sporting with thee there long time I passed, till term of sixteen months were brought to end, and thou began, as little children do, with half-clipped words to prattle and to go. But having passed the august of mine age, when more than half my tap of life was run, rich by rewards given by your mother sage for merits past and service yet undone, I longed to leave this wandering pilgrimage, and in my native soil again to one. To get some silly home I had desire, loath still to warm me at another's fire. To Egyptward, where I was born, I went, and bore thee with me by a rolling flood, till I with savage thieves well nigh was hent, before the brook the thieves behind me stood. Thee to forsake I never could consent, and gladly would I scape those outlaws' wood. Into the flood I leapt far from the brim, my left hand bore thee, with the right I swim, Swift was the current, in the middle stream a whirlpool gaped with devouring jaws, 
the gulf on such mishap ere i could dream into his deep abyss my carcass draws there i forsook thee the wild waters seem to pity thee a gentle wind there blows whose friendly puffs safe to the shore thee drive where wet and weary i at last arrive i took thee up and in my dream that night when buried was the world in sleep and shade i saw a champion clad in armor bright that o'er my head shaked a flaming blade he said i charge thee execute aright that charge this infant's mother on thee laid baptize the child high heaven esteems her dear and i her keeper will attend her near i will her keep defend save and protect i made the waters mild the tigress tame o wretch that heavenly warnings doth reject the warrior vanished having said the same i rose and journeyed on my way direct when blushing morn from titan's bed forth came but for my faith is true and sure i ween and dreams are false you still unchristened been a pagan therefore thee i fostered have nor of thy birth the truth did ever tell since you increased are in courage brave your sex and nature's self you both excel full many a realm have you made bond and slave your fortunes last yourself remember well and how in peace and war in joy and teen i have your servant and your tutor been last morn from skies ere stars excited were in deep and death-like sleep my senses drowned the self-same vision did again appear with stormy wrathful looks and thundering sound villain quoth he within short while thy dear must change her life and leave this sinful ground thine be the loss the torment and the care this said he fled through skies through clouds and air hear then my joy my hope my darling hear high heaven some dire misfortune threatened hath displeased pardi because i did thee leer a law repugnant to thy parents faith ah for my sake this bold attempt forbear put off these sable arms appease thy wrath this said he wept she pensive stood and sad because like dream herself but lately had with cheerful smile she answered him at last i will this faith observe it seems me true which from my cradle age thou taught me hast i will not change it for religion new nor with vain shows of fear and dread aghast this enterprise forbear i to pursue no not if death in his most dreadful face wherewith he scareth mankind kept the place approaching gan the time while thus she spake wherein they ought that dreadful hazard try she to argantes went who should partake of her renown and praise or with her die ismene with words more hasty still did make their virtue great which by itself did fly two balls he gave them made of hollow brass wherein enclosed fire pitch and brimstone was and forth they went and over dale and hill they hasted forward with a speedy pace unseen unmarked undescried until beside the engine close themselves they place new courage there their swelling hearts did fill rage in their breasts fury shone in their face they yearned to blow the fire and draw the sword the watch descried them both and gave the word 
silent they passed on, the watch begun to rear a huge alarm with hideous cries, therewith the hardy couple forward run to execute their valiant enterprise, so from a cannon or a roaring gun at once the noise, the flame and bullet flies, they run, they give the charge, begin the fray, and all at once their foes break, spoil and slay, they passed first through thousand, thousand blows, and then performed their designment bold, a fiery ball each on the engine throws, the stuff was dry, the fire took quickly hold, furious upon the timber work it grows, how it increased cannot well be told, how it crept up the piece, and how to skies the burning sparks and towering smoke up flies, a mass of solid fire burning bright, rolled up in smouldering fumes there bursteth out, and there the blustering winds add strength and might, and gather close the spursed flames about, the Frenchman trembled at the dreadful light, To arms in haste and fear ran all the rout, Down fell the peace, dreaded so much in war, Thus what long days do make, one hour doth mar. Two Christian bands this while came to the place With speedy haste, where they beheld the fire, Argantes to them cried with scornful grace, Your blood shall quench these flames, and quench mine ire. This said, the maid and he with sober pace drew back, and to the banks themselves retire. Faster than brooks which falling showers increase, their foes augment, and faster on them press. The golden port was opened, and forth stepped with all his soldiers bold the Turkish king. Ready to aid them to his force he kept, when fortune should them home with conquest bring. Over the bars the hardy couple leapt, and after them a band of Christians fling, whom Solomon drove back with courage stout, and shut the gate, but shut Clorinda out. Alone was she shut forth, for in that hour wherein they closed the port, the virgin went, and full of heat and wrath, her strength and power gainst Ahriman that struck her erst she bent. She slew the knight, nor Argant in that stour wist of her parting, or her fierce intent. The fight, the press, the night, the darksome skies, Care from his heart had ta'en, sight from his eyes. But when appeased was her angry mood, Her fury calmed and settled was her head, She saw the gates were shut, And how she stood amid her foes, She held herself for dead. While none her marked, at last, She thought it good to save her life, Some other path to tread. She feigned her one of them, and close her drew amid the press that none her saw or knew. Then as a wolf, guilty of some misdeed, flies to some grove to hide himself from view, so favored with the night, with secret speed, dissevered from the press, the damsel flew. Tancred alone of her escape took heed. He on that quarter was arrived new. When Aramon she killed, he thither came. He saw it, marked it, and pursued the dame. He deemed she was some man of mickle might, And on her person would he worship win. Over the hills the nymph her journey dight Toward another port, there to get in. With hideous noise fast after spurred the knight, She heard and stayed, and thus her words begin. What haste hast thou? Ride softly, take thy breath. What bringest thou? He answered, war and death. And war and death, quoth she, here mayst thou get. If thou for battle come, with that she stayed. Tancred to ground his foot in haste downset, and left his steed. On foot he saw the maid, 
Their courage hot, their ire and wrath they whet, And either champion drew a trenchant blade, Together ran they, and together struck, Like two fierce bulls whom rage and love provoke. Worthy of royal lists and brightest day, Worthy of golden trump and laurel crown, The actions were and wonders of that fray, Which sable knight did in dark bosom drown. Yet knight, consent that I their acts display And make their deeds to future ages known, And in records of long enduring story Enroll their praise, their fame, their worth and glory. They neither shrunk nor vantage sought of ground, they traversed not, nor skipped from part to part, Their blows were neither false nor feigned found. The knight, their rage, would let them use no art, Their swords together clash with dreadful sound, Their feet stand fast, and neither stir nor start. They move their hands, steadfast their feet remain, Nor blow nor foin they struck nor thrust in vain. Shame bred desire a sharp revenge to take, And vengeance taken gave new cause of shame, So that with haste and little heed they strake, Fuel enough they had to feed the flame. At last so close their battle fierce they make, They could not wield their swords, so nigh they came. They used the hilts, and each on other rushed, And helm to helm and shield to shield they crushed. Thrice his strong arms he folds about her waist, and thrice was forced to let the virgin go, For she disdained to be so embraced, No lover would have strained his mistress so. They took their swords again, And each enchased deep wounds In the soft flesh of his strong foe, Till weak and weary, faint, alive, uneath, They both retired at once, at once took breath. Each other long beheld, And leaning stood upon their swords, Whose points in earth were pight. When daybreak, rising from the eastern flood, Put forth the thousand eyes of blindfold night, Tancred beheld his foes outstreaming blood And gaping wounds, and waxed proud with the sight. O oh, vanity of man's unstable mind, Puffed up with every blast of friendly wine! Why joyst thou, wretch? Oh, what shall be thy gain? What trophy for this conquest is thou rears? Thine eyes shall shed in case thou be not slain, For every drop of blood a sea of tears. The bleeding warriors leaning thus remain, Each one to speak one word long time forbears. Tancred the silence broke at last, and said, For he would know with whom this fight he made, Ill is our chance, and hard our fortune is, Who here in silence and in shade debate, Where light of sun and witness all we miss, that should our prowess and our praise dilate. If words in arms find place, yet grant me this, tell me thy name, thy country, and estate, that I may know, this dangerous combat done, whom I have conquered, or who hath me won. What I nil tell you ask, quoth she in vain, nor moved by prayer, nor constrained by power. But this much know. I am one of those twain who late with kindled fire destroyed the tower. Tancred at her proud words swelled with disdain. That hast thou said, quoth he, in evil hour. Thy vaunting speeches and thy silence, both uncivil wretch, hath made my heart more wroth. Ire in their chafed breasts renewed the fray. Fierce was the fight, though feeble with their might. 
their strength was gone, their cunning was away, and fury in their stead maintained the fight. Their swords, both points and edges sharp, embay in purple blood whereso they hit or light, and if weak life yet in their bosoms lie, they lived because they both disdained to die. As Aegean sees, when storms be calmed again that rolled their tumbling waves with troublous blast, do yet of tempests past some show retain, and here and there their swelling billows cast. So, though their strength were gone, and might were vain, of their first fierceness still the fury lasts, wherewith sustained they to their tackling stood, and heaped wound on wound, and blood on blood. But now, alas, the fatal hour arrives that her sweet life must leave that tender hold. His sword into her bosom deep he drives, and bathed in lukewarm blood his iron cold. Between her breasts the cruel weapon rives her curious square, embossed with swelling gold. Her knees grow weak, the pains of death she feels, and like a falling cedar bends and reels. The prince his hand upon her shield doth stretch, and low on earth the wounded damsel layeth. And while she fell, with weak and woeful speech her prayers last, and last complaints she saith. A spirit new did her those prayers teach, spirit of hope, of charity and faith. And though her life to Christ rebellious were, yet died she his child and handmaid dear. Friend, thou hast won, I pardon thee, nor save this body that all torments can endure, but save my soul. Baptism I dying crave, come wash away my sins with waters pure. His heart relenting nigh in sunder rave, with woeful speech of that sweet creature, so that his rage, his wrath and anger died, and on his cheeks salt tears for ruth downslide. With murmur loud down from the mountain side, a little runnel tumbled near the place. Thither he ran and filled his helmet wide, and quick returned to do that work of grace. With trembling hands her beaver he untied, which done he saw. And seeing knew her face, and lost therewith his speech and moving quite. Oh, woeful knowledge! Ah, oh, unhappy sight! He died not, but all his strength unites, and to his virtues gave his heart in guard. Bridling his grief, with water he requites the life that he bereft with iron hard. And while the sacred words the knight recites, the nymph to heaven with joy herself prepared. And as her life decays, her joys increase. She smiled and said, Farewell. I die in peace. As violets blue amongst lilies pure men throw, so paleness midst her native white begun. Her looks to heaven she cast. Their eyes I trod downward for pity bent both heaven and sun. Her naked hand she gave the night in show of love and peace. Her speech, alas, was done. And thus the virgin fell on endless sleep. Love, Beauty, virtue, for your darling weep. But when he saw her gentle soul was went, his manly courage to relent began. Grief 
sorrow, anguish, sadness, discontent, free empire got and lordship on the man, his life within his heart they close up pent, death through his senses and his visage ran, like his dead lady dead seemed Tancred good, in paleness, stillness, wounds and streams of blood, and his weak sprite, to be unbodied from fleshly prison free that ceaseless strived, had followed her fair soul, but lately fled, had not a Christian squadron there arrived, to seek fresh water thither haply led, and found the princess dead, and him deprived of signs of life. Yet did the knight remain on live, nigh dead, for her himself had slain. Their guide, far off the prince knew by his shield, and thither hasted full of grief and fear. Her dead, him seeming so, he there beheld, and for that strange mishap shed many a tear. He would not leave the corpses fair in field for food to wolves, though she a pagan were, but in their arms the soldiers both uphent, and both lamenting brought to Tancred's tent. With these dear burdens to their camp they pass, yet would not that dead seeming knight awake. At last he deeply groaned, which token was his feeble soul had not her flight yet take. The other lay a still and heavy mass, her spirit had that earthen cage forsake. Thus were they brought, and thus they placed were in sundry rooms, yet both adjoining near. All skill and art his careful servants used, To life again their dying lord to bring. At last his eyes unclosed, With tears suffused he felt their hands, And heard their whispering. But how he thither came, long time he mused. His mind astonished was with everything. He gazed about, his squires in fine he knew, Then weak and woeful thus his plaints out through. What, live I yet? And do I breathe and see of this accursed day the hateful light, this spiteful ray which still upbraideth me with that accursed deed I did this night? Ah, oh, coward hand, afraid why shouldst thou be, thou instrument of death, shame, and despite, why shouldst thou fear with sharp and trenchant knife to cut the thread of this blood-guilty life? Pierce through this bosom, and my cruel heart in pieces cleave, Break every string and vein. But thou, to slaughter's vile which used art, Think'st it were pity so to ease my pain. Of luckless love, therefore, in torments smart, A sad example must I still remain. A woeful monster of unhappy love, Who still must live, lest death his comfort prove. Still must I live in anguish, grief, and care. Furies, my guilty conscience, that torment the ugly shades, dark night, and troubled air, in grisly forms her slaughter still present. Madness and death about my bed repair. Hell gapeth wide to swallow up his tent. Swift for myself I run, myself I fear, yet still my hell within myself I bear. But where, alas, where be those relics sweet, wherein dwelt late all love, all joy, all good? My fury left them cast in open street. Some beast hath torn her flesh and licked her blood. 
Ah, noble prey for savage beast unmeet, Ah, sweet, too sweet and far too precious food, Ah, silly nymph, who night and darksome shade To beasts and me, far worse than beasts, betrayed. But where you be, if still you be, I wend to gather up those relics dear at least, and if some beast hath from the hills descend and on her tender bowels made his feast, let that fell monster me in pieces rend and deep into me in his hollow chest. For where she buried is, there shall I have a stately tomb, a rich and costly grave. Thus mourned the knight. His squires him told at last they had her there, for whom these tears he shed. A beam of comfort his dim eyes outcast, like lightning through thick clouds of darkness spread. The heavy burden of his limbs in haste with mickle pain he drew forth of his bed, and scant of strength to stand, to move or go, thither he staggered, reeling to and fro. When he came there, and in her breast aspired his handiwork, that deep and cruel wound, and her sweet face with leaden paleness dyed, where beauty late spread forth her beams around, he trembled so that near his squires beside to hold him up, he had sunk down to ground, and said, O face, in death still sweet and fair, thou canst not sweeten yet my grief and care. O fair right hand, the pledge of faith and love, given me but late, too late, in sign of peace, how haps it now thou canst not stir nor move, and you, dear limbs, now laid in rest and ease, through which my cruel blade this floodgate rove, your pains have end, my torments never cease, O hands, O cruel eyes, accursed alike you gave the wound, you gave them light to strike, but thither now run forth my guilty blood, whither my plaints, my sorrows cannot wend. He said no more, but as his passion would enforce at him, he gan to tear and rend his hair, his face, his wounds. A purple flood did from each side in rolling streams descend. He had been slain, but that his pain and woe bereft his senses and preserved him so. Cast on his bed, his squires recalled his sprite to execute again her hateful charge. But tattling fame, the sorrows of the night and hard mischance had told this while at large. Godfrey and all his lords of worth and might ran thither, and the duty would discharge a friendship true, and with sweet words the rage of bitter grief and woe they would assuage. But as a mortal wound, the more doth smart, the more its search it is, handled or sought, so their sweet words to his afflicted heart more grief, more anguish, pain, and torment brought. But reverend Peter, that knowed set apart care of his sheep as a good shepherd ought, his vanity with grave advice reproved, and told what morning Christian knights behooved. O Tancred, Tancred, how far different from thy beginnings good these follies be? What makes thee deaf? What hath thy eyesight blent? What mist, what cloud thus overshadeth thee? 
this is a warning good from heaven down sent yet his advice thou canst not hear nor see who calleth and conducts thee to the way from which thou willing dost and witting stray to worthy actions and achievements fit for christian knights he would thee home recall but thou hast left that course and changed it to make thyself a heathen damsel's thrall but see thy grief and sorrow's painful fit is made the rod to scourge thy sins withal of thine own good thyself the means he makes but thou his mercy goodness grace forsakes dost thou refuse of heaven the proffered grace and gainst it still rebel with sinful ire o wretch o whither doth thy rage thee chase refrain thy grief bridle thy fond desire at hell's wide gate vain sorrow doth thee place sorrow misfortune's son despair's foul sire oh see thine ill thy plaint and woe refrain the guides to death to hell and endless pain this said his will to die the patient abandoned that second death he feared these words of comfort to his heart down went and that dark night of sorrow somewhat cleared yet now and then his grief deep sighs forth sent his voice shrill plaints and sad laments oft reared now to himself now to his murdered love he spoke who heard perchance from heaven above till phoebus rising from his evening fall to her for her he mourns he calls he cries the nightingale so when her children small some churl doth take before their parents eyes alone dismayed quite bare of comforts all tires with complaints the seas the shores the skies till in sweet sleep against the morning bright she fall at last so mourned so slept the night and clad in starry veil amid his dream for whose sweet sake he mourned appeared the maid fairer than erst yet with that heavenly beam not out of knowledge was her lovely shade with looks of ruth her eyes celestial seemed to pity his sad plight and thus she said behold how fair how glad thy love appears and for my sake my dear forbear these tears thine be the thanks my soul thou madest flit at unawares out of her earthly nest thine be the thanks thou hast advanced it in abraham's dear bosom long to rest there still i love thee there for tancred fit a seat prepared is among the blest there in eternal joy eternal light thou shalt thy love enjoy and she her knight unless thyself thyself heaven's joys envy and thy vain sorrow thee of bliss deprive live no i love thee that i nil deny as angels men as saints may white sun live this said of zeal and love forth of her eye and hundred glorious beams bright shining drive amid which rays herself she closed from sight and with new joy new comfort left her night thus comforted he waked and men discreet in surgery to cure his wounds were sought meanwhile 
of his dear love the relic sweet as best he could to grave with pomp he brought her tomb was not of varied spartan grit nor yet by cunning hand of scopas wrought but built of polished stone and thereon laid the lively shape and portrait of the maid with sacred burning lamps in order long and mournful pomp the corpse was brought to ground her arms upon a leafless pine were hung the hearse with cypress arms with laurel crowned next day the prince whose love and courage strong drew forth his limbs weak feeble and unsound to visit went with care and reverence meet the buried ashes of his mistress sweet before her new-made tomb at last arrived the woeful prison of his living sprite pale cold sad comfortless of sense deprived upon the marble gray he fixed his sight two streams of tears were from his eyes derived thus with a sad alas began the night oh marble dear on my dear mistress placed my flames within without my tears thou hast not of dead bones art thou the mournful grave but of quick love the fortress and the whole still in my heart thy wonted brand i have more bitter far alas but not more cold receive these sighs these kisses sweet receive in liquid drops of melting tears enrolled and give them to that body pure and chaste which in thy bosom cold entombed thou hast for if her happy soul her eye doth bend on that sweet body which it lately dressed my love thy pity cannot her offend anger and wrath is not in angels blessed she pardon will the trespass of her friend that hope relieves me with these griefs oppressed this hand she knows hath only sinned not i who living loved her and for love now die and loving will i die o happy day whene'er it chanceth but o far more blessed if as about thy polished sides i stray my bones within thy hollow grave might rest together should in heaven our spirits stay together should our bodies lie in chest so happy death should join what life doth sever o death o life sweet both both blessed ever meanwhile the news in that besieged town of this mishap was whispered here and there forthwith it spread and for too true was known a woeful loss was talked everywhere mingled with cries and plaints to heaven upthrown as if the city's self new taken were with conquering foes or as if flame and fire nor house nor church nor street had left entire but all men's eyes were on arcetes bent his sighs were deep his looks full of despair out of his woeful eyes no tears there went his heart was hardened with his too much care his silver locks with dust he foul besprent he knocked his breast his face he rent and tear and while the press flocked to the eunuch old thus to the people spake argantes bold 
I would, when first I knew the hardy maid excluded was among her Christian foes, have followed her to give her timely aid, or by her side this breath and life to lose. What did I not, or what left I unsaid to make the king the gates again unclose? But he denied, his power did a restrain my will, my suit was waste, my speech was vain. Ah, had I gone, I would from danger free have brought to Sion that sweet nymph again, or in the bloody fight where killed was she, in her defense there nobly have been slain. But what could I do more? The counsels be of God and man gainst my designments plain. Dead is Clorinda fair, laid in cold grave. Let me revenge her whom I could not save. Jerusalem, hear what Argantes saith. Hear heaven, and if he break his oath and word, Upon his head cast thunder in thy wrath. I will destroy and kill that Christian lord, Who this fair dame by night thus murdered hath. Nor from my side I will ungird this sword Till Tancred's heart it cleave, and shed his blood, And leave his corpse to wolves and crows for food. This said, the people with a joyful shout Applaud his speeches, and his words approve, And calmed their grief, in hope the boaster stout Would kill the prince who late had slain his love. No promise vain, it otherwise fell out, Men purpose, but high gods dispose above. For underneath his sword this boaster died, Whom thus he scorned and threatened in his pride. End of Book Twelve